Hi, folks. Many of you know that uh, Gallagher, the comedian, has passed away. And we generally do this when someone I have interviewed passes away. We did this interview, Gallagher and I, on January 27th, 2011. Uh, we posted it four days later. And when a, when a former guest has died and their episode is behind the paywall, which this is, there's a lot of episodes that aren't, but this one still is, we want to make sure people can hear it and don't have to pay for it. And this one's a unique interview because it's really the first time where a guest has died and frankly might not want this episode remembered. But it's an honest representation of who he was 11 years ago and, uh, and, and also who I was. Uh, most of the intro is, is self-explanatory and, you know, since this interview, I've set set out and I, and I had set out then as well to, to sort of give people the respect they deserve and contextualize them into the history of comedy. Uh, it usually revolves around the comedy store. There's conversations in this episode about Tom Dreesen and Alan Bursky, both people who I had not interviewed yet and did not know the full story. My education was still unfolding. And I got this opportunity to talk to Gallagher in a uh, hotel room in Portland. And, um, and I took it. And I tried. Now, the thing went sideways pretty quickly because he's a singular type of uh, person and right out of the gate it became not contentious but I was just trying to have a conversation and it got intense it got argumentative but in the middle of all this we had a conversation about what you can and can't say when you do comedy which is a hot topic now has been a hot topic before this is 12 years ago before uh, woke and unwoke language Cancel and no cancel. This is way before all that. But the conversation is the same conversation. And we got into it because he had gotten a reputation for being, you know, a bit of a a, a bigot and a bully and doing old, you know, horrible, racist and gay bashing jokes. And I brought it up. But I really, you know, I listen to this thing and I and I laugh. Not in a bad way. You know, looking back on it, I, I have I have empathy for the guy. There was really nobody like him. And I, I'm sort of not sorry it went the way it did, but had I done it later in my career as a, a, a conversationalist, it might have gone differently. I don't know. I don't know. But but he was a, a singular person, a one-of-a-kind act, uh, an opinionated guy, and I, I kind of love this interview, even though I, I don't know that it makes me look great. It doesn't definitely doesn't make him look great, but but I love it. And, um, you know, he was an important entertainer to a lot of people. And, and, you know, I spent a lot of my life, you know, mocking him and condescending to, you know, his way of doing comedy. Uh, but but after all is said and done, you know, he was. Uh, an interesting, aggravated, uh, stubborn old guy. And now he's gone and we have this conversation. So so this is it. Enjoy me and Gallagher.
Gallagher wanted to come on the show. I'm not sure he wanted to come on the show, but his manager contacted my manager. He lives here. Gallagher was in town doing an event, and his manager wanted him to uh, do a guest spot on my show, which I did. You know, decided against. I didn't see how that would be good for anybody. I don't know him. I don't have any experience with him. I don't know what he's doing now. And obviously, I've only heard negative things about him recently. I know what he is. I know what he does. I didn't have any particular problem with him. I do not think I would have asked him to be on the uh, podcast otherwise uh, if he hadn't approached me through his representation or if they hadn't approached me without him knowing it, whatever the case may be. I'd been asked to have him on after some articles came out not long ago in The Stranger and the uh, Onion AV Club talking about Gallagher, his recent performances, his uh, racially insensitive jokes, his homophobic jokes. Uh, he seemed to have been getting a, uh, you know, in the alternative culture, I don't know how far it's really spread, I imagine it's picked up some uh, steam, that he was some sort of right-wing whack job with, you know, a racist uh, agenda or a homophobic agenda. And, you know, sadly, after I re-listened to what happened between us, uh, you know, that's what I went on. I, I did want to you know, put him into the context of comedy, into the history of comedy, to uh, I- I- appreciate what he did. Because despite whatever you may think of him now, I know a lot of you people out there listening were probably loved him when you were 11 or 12. Uh, he, he had a tremendous career in show business for doing what he did. He is a household name, uh, as is his brother, for stealing his brother's act or at least not stop doing the act after his brother said not to. Uh, I don't really know. I was going to get into that stuff. I wanted to get into a lot of stuff since I had the opportunity, but I'm not sure I handled it well. I started to have the conversation when I saw the moment uh, to to seize the conversation and talk about some of the recent controversies. It kind of went off the rails, uh, and he he left my hotel room. So he stormed out of my hotel room. He was it was perfectly you know I don't know if I would say pleasant, but it was. I, I really was not trying to offend the guy, but in listening back to it, in order to get a word in edgewise, I, I was fairly argumentative. I, I had no real agenda to tear him down or, or anything. I was just trying to ask questions. And because of his elevated tone, my tone elevated. And, and in retrospect, after listening to it, I, I sort of felt not necessarily bad, but it made me think about a lot of things about comedy. It made me think about how the arc of anyone's career Uh, may still be disappointing no matter how much success you have. The desperation uh, at a certain point in one's career uh, can be very daunting to the point where you just don't understand why you're in the position you're in. But, again, I'm being empathetic because in listening to the thing, I think I was a little bit aggressive. I will take responsibility for that. Though I thought some of the stuff we talked about was interesting because you guys know me. I, I, I try to enter these conversations in a genuine way. I just wanted to have a real conversation with him. I wanted to afford him the respect that he deserved as a guy who had a career in show business. Look, you know, comedians are different. There are clowns. There are comics. It's fucking show business. And as I said before, many of you probably loved this guy when you were a kid. But, you know, the audience that he still has, I'm sure he had them when they were, when they were kids. But maybe they didn't grow up. Maybe, they, maybe he's just he's a clown. And, and he's a comedian. And, you know, he's fucking Gallagher. And he's a guy that's on the other side of his career. And listening to the, uh, to the interview I did or tried to do or got halfway through, I certainly didn't mean to stoke the fires of somebody who's in this position of, you know, trying to regroup without, you know, maybe not having as much hindsight or, or, or self-awareness as he might want. 
and and being sort of uh, crucified for you know for what he thinks is a stupid thing, but it did bring up a lot of talk about you know when is a joke insensitive. I mean, it's just there's this idea around doing certain jokes that are clearly bullying, that are clearly minimizing, you know, whether the jokes about gays or blacks or whatever. There's there's a way to do that stuff, and there are people that have license to do it. Does everybody have the license to do it? Of course. Is there a price to pay for it? Sometimes. Can you please everybody? No. Can you entertain everybody? No. I mean, ultimately, it's going to be what's in your heart. You know, how do you treat other people? What do you feel about other people? Do some of those jokes reveal hypocrisy? Absolutely. But there's this argument that, that is sort of made in this conversation that I had with Gallagher that what you do as a comic is release aggression. You ease aggression. That you disarm things. And I think that's true. But I think that there's a deeper level to it, too, that you also reveal hypocrisy, that you satirize extremes in order to to make a point about society, about culture, about how we see the world. I agree with all that. But at some point, if you're doing jokes that hurt people, you know, okay, fine. You could say, well, they're babies. They can't take a joke. Well, maybe they've been taking that joke their entire fucking life. And all they hear it as is pain and attack. Or all they hear it as is, is, you know, you're saying that I'm less than because I am who I am. And, and that's a reality, too. Are those jokes bad? No. Can they be done well? Yes. But it, this idea of disarming anger through humor, I mean, it's, it's almost a difference between saying, like, I've got a gangrenous sore on my leg, but I'm just going to put lotion on it as opposed to treat the infection. I'm just going to put lotion on it because it feels better. I'm just going to remain in denial that I might lose my fucking leg. It's, it's the same thing. At a certain point, maybe we don't need any more fucking lotion. I mean, at some point, something's got to go deeper, and obviously it's not everybody's responsibility. And, and, and I wasn't trying to attack this guy as much as I was trying to figure out where the fuck he was coming from. Look, I was excited about it. You know, he came to my hotel, and when he got here, I met him in the lobby, and I realized that he really didn't know what he was getting into. I don't think he knew what a podcast was. I don't, he asked me, is this live or what? And I'm like, no, it's a podcast. He's like, a what? And I'm like, okay, this is where we're at. And then I, I tried to be uh, a good host. I said, do you want some coffee? There was no coffee. You know, I mean, we went over to where the coffee was that they put out in the morning. It's not there. I said, look, uh, I'll buy you coffee. Let's, you know, we'll go up to the room. You need a drink or something. And then the funniest thing was, is, you know, he's Gallagher. You know, he's been living this life that I'm living right now in my hotel room for 30 years. He started walking around the lobby. He's like, wait a minute. And he looked down the hall and there was a banquet hall. And, you know, he looks at, he's like, come here, come here. I'll show you something. So we're walking down. There's this banquet hall that looks like it was set up for an event. He goes, if we're real cool, if we're real quiet, we can just go in there and just get some coffee. But you got to be cool. And I'm like, yeah, I know this trick. You know, it's like, hey, yeah, I'm supposed to be here. Is this coffee for everybody if you get caught? But there was no coffee there. So we came up to my room and he ate some chocolate chip cookies that one of you made. And we had this conversation. So here is half of what would have been a whole interview uh, with Gallagher from Portland, Oregon. I'm here with Gallagher in my hotel room in Portland, Oregon. You're doing what tomorrow? Nothing. What's the gig? Oh, there's a TV show for some kind of a jazz festival that... um Craig puts on. Yeah. Who's Craig? Well, he's the guy that's been working with me, helping me to 
get some opportunities and show business. You know, these kids are all so young, they don't know who I am. Is that true? I think everybody knows who you are. No. I don't think they, they put you into a proper perspective, but I think everyone knows who you are. You do? Of course they do. I, I think that the name itself may have different connotations to people. It may not be what you want, but I think everyone knows who you are. I would, I would find it bizarre if someone didn't know who you were. Well, why don't I have my own TV show then? If but, I'm a well-known comic, shouldn't I have a talk show, a sitcom, well, let me ask you some something. kind of reality show? You have had more... Why doesn't my phone ring? Well, I, it's been a long time, Gallagher. What? Yeah, I mean, so what? But you have had well, how many, Are you going to tell this comedy audience that comedians get old? No, I'm and not. They're I'm not. not effective but how many and they lose their had? chops. How many specials have you had? 14. On Showtime and HBO? Yeah, from the 80s to the middle of the 90s. So you have. So I, I haven't performed as long as I did perform. You have had an incredible career by most. By most if you were to look at your career, yeah. you're a household name. You were mythic in the 80s. Oh. Everyone fucking knew who you were. So let's go back, because I, I was a doorman at the comedy store. Now, how, where did you come from, and how did you find your way to the fucking comedy store? Remember the doorman that was um, the father of uh, that kid who wasn't that great of a comic, so he became an agent? I don't know. Um, That's before my time. I mean, I was a doorman in 87. Alan Bursky. Mr. Alan Bursky. Bursky. You don't remember Fre Mr. Bursky? Freddie Prince's gun. Was rumored to belong to uh, Alan Bursky. That's how he, that's how he fits into rumored, the Rumored, of course it was. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because Alan liked guns, and he played around and with the two of those guys were friends, and sure. But you can get guns in L.A. I'm not going to blame Alan. For Anyone can get a gun in this country. In, in uh, L.A. But a funny thing happened one day. You know that Mr. Bursky lived in this apartment house, and every time something was open, he would suggest it to one of the comics down at the store, and he filled the place up with comics. Now, uh, that comic that did like 60 Tonight Shows but uh, didn't get Argus. to be the host. This is how I talk now that I'm Sammy old. Sammy Shore. I can't remember yeah, no, anybody. I, uh, Dreesen. Tom oh, Dreesen. Tom Dreesen. Okay. Tom did like 60. Everybody thought he was going to be the new Johnny Carson because yeah. he wore a suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had a bunch of... He's still uh, around, right? He opened for Frank Sinatra, too. Or am I which was the kiss else? of death, just like my sled dramatic. It takes you out <laughs> of town, and you come back, and guys that aren't as talented as you and don't have an act and can't have a career all of a sudden get a TV. Let's start at the beginning. Where'd well, you David, start? No, Tom Dreesen needs to go... Mr. Bursky's having a heart attack. Right. And Tom says, I'd like to stay, but I'm doing the Tonight Show. <laughs> And so, of course, Mr. Bursky understood. Isn't that the craziest show business? That yeah, they very say, well, selfish. Go on, very do selfish. Do another. Yeah. Oh, we got to do it. It's The Tonight Show, which used to be a real uh, bottleneck for comedy. You had to be on The Tonight Show, and you almost had to have Johnny like you and call you over to the desk. How long did it take you to get on the show? A long time, because Johnny didn't like prop comics, but he's a magician. Figure that out. I understand. Boxes and mm -hmm. silks and bunnies and but cards. That's, that's on TV. Well, he, he shouldn't have ever said that. But they would let me on if I... You know what I did? What? I made up a routine about The Tonight Show called yeah. The Tonight Show Home Game. Yeah. I put Johnny in a little suitcase, and when I opened it up, he popped out, and you pulled one string, and he touched his tie, and the other string, he threw his pencil. I showed this routine to the set director yeah, because he was a partner with the guy who owns the Magic Castle with right. this club in Santa Monica, the right. Mayfair Music Hall, where I was appearing. Right. 
And he said, I want you to come into a production meeting, do this little routine and leave. Don't talk to anybody. Just do what you just did and yeah. leave. And it got me on the show. And you did how many? I must have done about nine or ten. I could be on with a guest host. So I was on with Kenny Rogers because I was his opening act David for a Brenner? year. I don't think Shandling? I was on with, no. no. I was on with um, uh, comedians. Uh, yeah. well, I guess those guys were comedians, too. Joan Rivers, I think, one time. And See, I can't, you keep making me come up with people's names. But I'm curious about where where'd you come from and how did you start? Why comedy? I mean, because you're a fairly defined act. I thought you might have been a street performer, but you're not. No. You never came from that. No. No. I, uh, I was watching comics, and I felt like I could do it better, and so I just started, and I did it. But what was your first job in show business? Uh, opening for Kenny Rogers. Oh, really? So yeah. the country music world? I just stayed in L.A. and did talk shows and pretended I was famous. Uh-huh. I noticed that if you're on the talk shows, everybody thinks you're famous. So you just act like and you're And I famous. met Kenny Rogers' manager there, and he said, I'll let you open for Kenny for a year. A hundred shows at 5000 a night it was a half a million dollar deal. And was he a good guy? The manager Kenny. or Kenny? Yeah. Right. I'm not going to tell tales. No? <laughs> yeah. So now who was in the... Well, he almost fired me. The first night, I told a prick joke. But about it, a prick or that someone is well, a prick? Well, about the Iranians, because it was the time of the uh, hostage crisis. And the first job was opening this 14,000-seat auditorium in, in Dallas, Texas, the Reunion Center. Yeah. That was the first job yeah. on Mother's Day. And his mom drives in from Conroe. Yeah. And I say, why can't you circumcise an Iranian? You can't. There ain't no end to them pricks. And they get a big reaction from a Texas audience. Right. You know, because they're real pro-American. And uh, so he wanted to fire me the first night. And that was it. Yeah. But no, you stayed on. I, yeah, I stayed on. How'd you, I, how'd you apologize? I did it. <laughs> Come on. When, it, when it gets a big a cheer? Bit. Yeah, but No, so, I, I wasn't sorry. I did my job right. Uh-huh. By, by, uh, by, He's uh. He's the one that brought his mommy. <laughs> brought your mommy to the show for crime Well, who was your, in your class at the comedy store? Were you there with Letterman? I Le saw everybody. I was. Was it, was 1970? I was there before it was the comedy store. I saw Sammy make a deal with Sammy Art Shore. LeBeau. Yeah. And I saw Mitzi sitting with a cigar box at the front door taking door money. Right. And Art got the drinks. Right. I, and I talked to her through the whole business when she uh, bought the, the business from Art LeBeau. Then when she wouldn't give the comics any money and she bought a mansion Did you strike? Nearby, she, that we met at my house. Yeah? So you were a union organizer? Uh, I was, let's share the wealth. Why would guys come down here So you have a socialist a thread show? in you. Who would know? That? <laughs> it's ahead. not socialist. I know, I'm just, I'm Only joke. in I L.A. do they think you should work for free. Yeah. Okay, so, so you guys met at your house, and who was in that crew? Jeff Altman. Jay Leno came by. Jay Leno. But he was just laughing at us. Jay always said, just take whatever money they'll give you. Yeah, I see. I, I tend to agree with you on that. I, I think working for nothing. For even some if it's a reason, bit. Jay Leno and David Letterman knew they were going to have a talk show. 
somehow they had an inside track. You think it was an inside track or just focus? And it didn't matter whether they had an act or not. You know, Jay's act it was very forgettable. And he ran around just like Tom Dreesen, opening for washed-up old singers. You know, but now, but but isn't that just a career trajectory? I mean, if you're up there, you know, doing what you do, I mean, your your idea was not to get a talk show. I mean, you I were, wouldn't have minded a talk no, show. No, but I, I mean, thought if you can be a good live performer, you ought to be able to sit down and talk. But where do you fit interviews in between you know dancing around and smashing shit? Well, what did how did Jay and Dave get they good stood, at interviews? They stood still and they wore a suit. Oh, and they're really good at interviews. Jay I, says you used to I'm not model saying, before you got I, into I, acting. I, I practiced that. Uh, you used to model I'm before saying, you got into I'm not acting. Why can't I have the tonight I, show? I am not defending Jay Leno. I, I'm just saying that you know your career, your your decision in the type of showman you were going to be was different than theirs no it wasn't i got jobs and had to leave town and for some reason they had this inside track dave used to say to me i don't need to have an act i'm going to have a talk show right because that's what he wanted to do well they gave him one out in la and it it bombed terrible but did you want to do a talk show I wanted to make big money. Okay, well that's different. So you chose your well, angle. I can you do made any, big money. Uh huh. I you? did it the hard way though. I sold a live ticket. And that's I still, right. How'd you like to sell a live ticket in a downturn? I, well, I'm about there. I mean, I you know I'm still uh, you know doing stand up. Well, I have my pulse on the economy because I get a call all the time. Is that the economy calling now? I don't know. Isn't that your phone? I guess. <laughs> So let me let me just go back now. In the in the beginning, for you, when you decided to, you were always a, a prop comic, and I'm not I'm not negating that. But the the swedgematic was what turned it around, right? It was the first routine I wrote. First, it was the reason that I I considered comedy is because uh, I did so well with my first routine, which was the swedgematic. Yeah, I was watching the vegematic guy on TV, and I thought, well, why do they? Uh, why do they chop it up when you're going to chew it? Mm-hmm. And I said, they ought to just hit it with a hammer. Yeah. And then I noticed that Veg and Sledge rhymed. And yeah. so I wrote the routine. I sent it to George Carlin. Yeah. George wrote me back and said he writes all his own material. That was it. He just said, I write all my own material. But he but did he write you nice back. nice enough to write me back. Uh, Albert Einstein did not. Albert Brooks is... Right. Yeah. You wrote Albert Brooks with the so legendary. I gave it. I sent it to both. Yeah, and and Albert didn't write back. No. So why were you sending it off? You were performing already, or you hadn't no, started? No, I wasn't a comedian. I was a chemist. You were a chemist. Yeah. What was your future plan then? Uh, crystal I was meth. Save the world. <laughs> oh yeah. really? Well, one way or another, <laughs> with my creativity. Creativity can be in any field. How did you I've see got your... patents now. Uh, you know, I use my creativity to invent things instead of make props. How did you see yourself saving the world with chemistry? What was your? Uh, what would you want to do? Well, uh, cancer research yeah. or um, all. Well, it could have been energy. The, did it, was it was the path just too long for you at the time? I mean, did you not? Wanna... I got diverted with this damn lucrative comedy thing. But I still meet with physics departments as I travel around the country. About what? Well, I talk to them about subatomic particles and uh, and how we could make the whole field more approachable to the average person. People are exposed. Make it approachable to me because I don't understand. It's vague. Okay. What's going through your head right now as you receive phone, um, cell phone calls? A photon or an electron? I, I'm going to choose f- electron. You think you're being hit by lightning. 
Do you see? We don't understand the technology that we use, and we don't know the risk that we're taking for our with our bodies, our DNA. An electron has weight. Like Is a it a photon ball. or electron? It's a photon. Okay. It has no weight, so, so I it has to be at a very high frequency. Yeah. To break your DNA. That's what cancer is. Broken DNA. Right. Renegade cells. Renegade DNA. Right. Renegade DNA. Looking it's, for a body. Trying to build no, a body for itself. No, it's been turned on. Okay. It's the switch has been turned on for it to replicate cells. And it goes out, out of and control. And so without an uh, organic complex, it makes tumors. A, a without any organization, right. it makes a tumor. Okay. It's actually healthy uh healthy cells right. new cells in a gob that are unorganized and now what uh now what, what i is want this? the kids the, these kids study pokemon cards and they learn they learn the yeah. the powers and characteristics of, m- of meaningless things that's right instead of what's a photon an electron a neutrino an up quark and a down quark so i want to make a boy band or a basketball team, a cartoon show. I have the rights to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This isn't the first cartoon project. That you have the rights to them? I had. I met them when they first started. The original Eastman, band? Eastman and Laird yeah. were these uh, guys in New England, and uh, they had this idea, and they showed me the drawings, but they had no story ideas. And they did their career backwards. They sold the toys first, yeah. so they couldn't get a movie deal. So I got the movie rights. So you made some money off of that? No. Uh, we made a deal. Well, actually, I did with uh, Golden Harvest. Which was a production Raymond company? Raymond Chow. Yeah. And, oh, I remember uh, that guy. Right. Well, he put the money in the Netherlands Antilles. You had to get a Dutch lawyer to chase it down. So you got screwed. I didn't get any money. <laughs> All right. So now you want to teach the kids that they're getting tumors from their cell phones. I want them to understand what <clears throat> women, too, when they put their breast uh, on a plate to have a breast exam, what is it? A CT scan? Is it magnetic resonance? It's an electron. PET scan has electrons. You How do you see? feel about the full body scanners? Are they projecting electrons? Do you opt out? Do you get the pat down? Oh, you mean at the yeah. airport? No, there's nothing harmful there. In the full body scanners? No. How do you know? Because I know. What do you mean? It's not electrons. It's all about electrons. It, yeah. So you're actually concerned with the health and awareness of people in this world. We use technology before we understand it. Drugs also. Some mm-hmm. people no, are I killed by the, they find out. We guinea pigs. We just accept what's new and see if it hurts. Now, my question to you then is, is that, you know, you have this streak where you, you're a progressive thinker. You're a creative thinker. And I think that on, on some level, in retrospect, you can see the sledgematic as a commentary on consumer culture. It was a satire. Okay, I understand the that. The problem is the fights at a hockey match, right? Yeah. My act was a hockey uh, match, and instead a fight broke out, and everybody came back for the fight. Or the wrecks at a car race. Right, there was a, an a- anarchy to it. You, you, well, you they just your wanted the smashing and didn't care about my insightful satire. Okay, well, now we're buying meaningless things. Now we fast forward to where we are now, and yeah. you've got this reputation of being a uh, 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 racist and a racist a, and, a, and a homophobe. You know, there are jokes you do that are a little vicious. Uh, they a lot are vicious. not. Why well, do you have? A, I've watched these Comedy Central roasts, and I don't. Well, a roast say is a context. Anything. There is a context. To that. A now, context. It, and what's my problem? There's no context in a comedy show? No, there is a context, but I'm just saying that when you, you attack gay people or you attack... Uh, attack? Yeah. I don't attack them. Yeah, well, you, you make 
fun of them well, in a very a aggressive way. Okay, let's way. say I tell a joke about a white middle-class man. Does mm-hmm. anybody say, why do I not like white middle-class men? Well, I think that's a, a false... Uh, why? Uh, because, because it is. Because the It's one area of our society is sensitive and can't take a joke. And, and what am I making jokes about? But, I'm making jokes about people who don't complain. Well, tell me some of your jokes about homosexuals. Just out of curiosity. I don't have any jokes about homosexuals, uh-huh. but I might tell a joke. Yeah. I haven't written any. I tell jokes somebody else wrote. What are they? What, what do you mean? What are my really good homosexual jokes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, what does Siegfried have in common with the tiger? They both know what Roy tastes like. Uh-huh. Uh, why don't lesbians lose weight? You can't put Jenny Craig in your mouth with Mary Kay on your face. I mean, they're jokes. But how do you feel about it? It's homosexual? a nightclub. I understand what you're saying. It's a nightclub for your particular audience. Now, if you were My to do, audience. Sure. If you were to do that here in Portland in, in a particular Portland. audience now or in Seattle, just out yeah. of curiosity. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not attacking now, you. Now, remember, I did work in Portland recently. Oh, yeah. And who came out? All my fans. It's right. A okay. Nightclub. It's your fans, right? Right. Okay. So it's specific. Well, it has nothing to do with what, what their opinion is about homosexuals. You sure? It's, you don't yeah. think you're feeding a fire of, of intolerance at all? I mean, I'm, I'm just asking. By repeating a joke I heard on the street. Well, I mean, you got to take responsibility. You're saying it. I mean, I understand it's a street joke, but some of those are pretty awful, too. I'm just saying that you're pigeonholing How could a you, group. Uh, Why uh, make fun of them? Uh-huh. Why make fun of them in that way? Why why minimize them and their way of life? Minimize. Sure. Sure. You know, well, can I it, pick on Arabs? Can you? I mean, can I? Where, well, where are you drawing where, the line? Where, where does it come from? The what joke. Do you mean? Where I mean, does what it is your from? what is They're your incentive? The enemy. I've got to do a all Arabs. Out. All Arabs are the enemy. For some reason, I got to be at the airport two hours early. That's because some specific people of Arab descent, yeah. you know, did something awful. Well, so are all there Arab- just some homosexuals that can't take a joke? Well, I know I'm just I'm just saying that to and so we to can't generalize. Tell any no, homosexual. No, no, to generalize. Here's what the problem is. It's about tolerance. There'll be a homosexual comedian yeah. who will stand on stage and talk about straight people all night. Is that long. true? Of course. I've only heard homosexual comedians talk about their gayness. Yeah. Well, and isn't that the same as? But isn't that empowering? And if it, if you come up there and say these facts, and I can't talk about my straightness, you can. Well, how, well, but do you have to make fun of homosexuals in order to do that? Here's what comedy is. It's a reversal. Uh-huh. Why did they always give the con- the funny line to the kid in a sitcom? Tell me. Because it's not right that the kid is smarter than the parents. It's wrong. It's a reversal. So having a female spirit in a male body or a male spirit in a female body is a reversal. It's God's joke. Okay, I... Well, I, I understand that you believe in God. How do you? Do you believe do, in God? No. Okay, I didn't think so. Now let me let me say with something else. So now my question well, look, is: Look, I'm a comic. I don't believe I, in anything. I know if that you You're tell a selfish me you guy. care about something. I'm going to smash it. You're going to smash me. I'm going to teach you. <laughs> That it's not as important okay, well, as that, you think, well, that's and a, you should laugh about okay, it. Okay, I understand that, but my question is: is that when you isolate Arabs or you isolate homosexuals, your personal feeling about that? You don't care. You don't care. You don't. You, you, you do you have anything against if gay people? If people didn't laugh, I wouldn't say it. But do you do you have anything against? Now gay you want to blame me? Do you have anything You're against gay blame people? Me. Do you have anything against? No, no, you don't. Do you have anything against Arabs? How can you be do in you? show business? I'm just asking you. Do you have anything against Arabs in a general way? I understand gays better than I do Arabs. Okay, but I mean, but I don't really you because know, you're being know associated with, with with a type of right wing thinking that I, is destructive. I'm me? just saying, yeah, 
Where'd you get your information? I for just this read a couple interview? articles. There's no information. Well, do you believe it? I'm asking you. I'm what? a comic. Okay, but see, I think that you are a businessman, and if anything, politically, you're you're probably more libertarian than anything else, right? I don't care. You just want to make money. No, I don't even care about that. I have two stents in my heart. I could die during this interview. That would be spectacular. It that would, would be a great interview. It would. I would leave it running it would when last the paramedics about come. A half an hour. But so, but do you? So basically, you're just playing for your audience. No, I am telling them things they'll laugh at and they enjoy. What it. if it hurts people's feelings? And what if it? What if people see it as as isolating and vicious? Does Isolating that bother you? and vicious. Sure. If you isolate a group of people and say you're all this, you're all I that, it, it gets it gets construed as racism or sexism. Well, what about or anything Lisa else. Lampanelli? What about her? She's a, an angry woman yeah. who talks from her own point about of view about black people that she has sex with. Are you having sex with gay men? Who knows she has sex with? I these do. Guys. I met her when she started. That's all she talked about was fucking black if guys. If it's the truth, you're allowed to say. The I think N-word. to a certain degree. Yeah. I don't say the end. I don't do any black jokes. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's well, that's that's very big of you. Now, now, what? what why Wait don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you repeat those street jokes? Um, there's no blacks in my audience. So you think it would be rude? Not one. No. Do you think there are homosexuals in your audience? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did they come up to you and thank you oh, afterwards? No. Oh no. <laughs> what did they say to you? Uh, they either tell me a better joke than I told, uh-huh. uh, and they laugh about it. I work biker conventions. Well, I'm sure you do. Don't you think that there's lesbians in leather uh, riding bikes? No, I, Let I, me tell you I, this. I'm not doubting you. I, I you never know, see I, a guy on the back of a bike that a woman is driving. Okay. There are <laughs> yet. sexual there, there. roles in America, that, and when you break them, it's I know, but I'm just all I'm questioning is that your your, your sensitivity to to some of the flack you've gotten recently. I'm not sensitive. I think they're all idiots. Everybody. I think you think everyone's an idiot, right? Uh, um, For the most part. uh, If they're missing the point. I'm a comedian. I'm not running for political. I know, but you're speaking out loud to a group of people. Who are drinking. But if you say all those people that aren't here, those people that are are, are sensitive and trying to find their way in the world, they're all fucking idiots. What is the use of humor? What do you think? What is the use of humor in our society? To to disarm and educate. That's right. To release tension and aggression. That's right. If I say something about a topic that people burst into laughter, about I'm going to be the doctor and I'm going to tell you that you have a pain there you have an irritation you have an inflammation you have a problem so the fact that the country laughs at lesbian jokes means they have a problem with it but to displace your the humor to to attack a group of people that is already must be really irritated that the house is now republican can you explain this backlash sure I can over the health yeah, well, that but it's a misinterpretation of the health plan. Right. L.A. But, no, wait, and New wait, wait, wait York has yeah. never been under able to understand the middle of this wait country. Wait a minute. You, I, I you understand the, the Of course I do. You I do no, not. Of course I do. Well, you better have some lesbian jokes. No, I don't. I don't need lesbian <laughs> jokes. I'm a free thinker. I don't need. I don't need. I don't need street jokes either. You know. I mean, free thinker is I'm different. I'm a free thinker. Sure. Look, it's a nightclub. I understand it's not the context. Ba- it's not therapy. I understand that. Yes, it is therapy on some level. Not for you. No. It, but if you just said to me that your job is to re- release aggression and right. disarm prejudice, of the audience. That's you don't right. Care about that, the then audience. you're a therapist. Of course, I care about the audience. No, you don't. Of course, I do. Do well, you my change question, it when you're in Oklahoma from when you're in Portland? Why would I? 
because they're different people. Are people different? Yes. The, are, or, are people I'll really different? I'll tell you different? where you can't tell Are people lesbian. different? Oh, yeah. Re you're saying that the wiring of people, someone who understands DNA, you're going to tell me that people well, are different. Have, well, you can't tell a lesbian joke in Boston, Minneapolis, Portland, and Seattle. Why? Because they'll boo you. Because why? Their politics is different. Their politics or their sensitivity to people who are a specific group of people that are being made fun of at the brunt of a joke to release the aggression of narrow-minded people as mm -hmm. some sort of form of entertainment mm -hmm. is offensive to them. That's why. So my question is, if by releasing aggression in an audience is by saying, like, the Arabs stink, they're all evil, or, or gays are fucked, and that releases aggression, how is it not just reaffirming fucking prejudice and intolerance? In that group of people. You think I have the power by telling a joke to rally people. Uh, to laugh. Around. To a, laugh. You rally people to laugh one, at what? Because they identify laugh. with your prejudice. That's why they're laughing. I get that. I hate fags too. Is that releasing aggression in a healthy way? Hate. Sure. There's not hate involved here. We're telling jokes. Oh, there's a lot of hate and jokes. Come on, you're too. You you've been this doing this too long. You're you're an, an angry man. You understand? Uh, uh, I'm victim. not angry. Really? It, you're a guy yeah. that smashes things. Do you think I'm mad every night? No, I'm not you saying you're I'm mad. I'm saying regularly. Friday night, eight o'clock. Saturday night, eight o'clock. No, I'm saying maybe maybe Saturday maybe morning. Maybe a little acting in this. No, I'm not denying your act is not filled with hate, but I'm saying that just the fact that you know you. I feel tell five lesbian jokes, and you went and found an article written about me. I'm just asking you a question. And decided that that not only will have you put me in the pigeonhole of I'm not being pigeonholing a guy that does, I'm just asking you questions. No, you're not. Of course I am. You are working your politics. I now. am not. What's my you, politics? Your politics is left wing. Okay. You're most at home in Boston, Minneapolis. Boston is Seattle. not left wing. Oh, it is. I'm, I'm most, but I I don't talk about politics Here's on Boston's stage as much problem, as I used to. Is that there? But what I'm saying to you is, I'm a comedian, and I I will push the envelope, and and I understand what you're saying. But there's there's a difference between uh, you know releasing aggression and making people look at something differently. Why do you think I tell a really bad? I told you all the jokes I tell, I heard. Well, I know, so that, that just means that you're... <laughs> that you're, the you're society taking, I'm reflecting... Yeah, but you're also not, you're not even using your own material to, to, <laughs> right. to victimize these well, groups of people. Well, I don't tell them all the time either. Somebody's <laughs> seen one of my shows, and, you know, out of 200 jokes, they've chosen five lesbian jokes or gay jokes... To focus on. Uh, the only reason I, I'm not concerned with with uh, I'm not I don't have a political agenda here. I'm just saying that, you know, that culturally you've got a reputation. And I am. So you I, read a couple of articles uh, look, before I, this interview. Dude, and I'm the guy. Uh, no, 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 no. was writer no, than me. No, I just asked you the jokes and you address the jokes. I put you in the context of, of the history of comedy. You were a profound presence on the comedy I had 14, you made, 14 I know that. one hour shows. I, know I that. must have written some original material. I'm not saying you didn't write original and material. I'm just asking where you're coming from. Look at I was just asking where you're coming from that's all I, I respect days, you as a comedian do you see you any lesbian it. jokes in my 14 one-hour shows no no but what happened one night i told some i heard on the street and? everybody's up in arms over it no no but but why the shift why why did it's you not a shift it's only five jokes but, i do a two hour two and a half sometimes three hours i get on at eight i'm off at 11 okay everybody focuses on one thing uh, no no i focus, I'll focus on all seems, of it uh, we, we i'm the even... problem do you think when i'm dead gays will finally have an opportunity in america have i really been holding them down no you, you don't you don't hold down no no no, no wait a minute 
you don't you don't hold gays down. Well, then you what's re- your problem with no, me? No, I don't have any problem with you. I'm just saying that you reaffirm prejudice by okay, making fun of Okay, can we tell a Jew joke that they don't want to pay? Why? It's not true. It's not true? Why do people laugh? Because it's a stereotype that's been established. Most people that you laugh at those jokes don't even have a so Jew in their life. So we can't do any jokes you can, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you black want. Black comedians only talk about the difference between blacks and whites. Right. Well, there are some stereotypes. Look, I, I, I'm a person that thinks that some stereotypes, Nine, some parts of stereotypes are obviously true. The, the Jewish ones. act. Well, no, but but if is wait, picking on white people that they don't do or it or, right. or talking about black community stuff. And and I and I understand that there are stereotypes and, that fit. And fat like the people Jew and the money only thing. talk about fat. There's this midget comic that only does midget jokes. I watched his whole act. Well, one what night. else is he going to do? That's his life. No, he could be generally funny. There's a, com- a but he's getting laughs. But by your context, if he's getting yeah, laughs, yeah, change what the, the subject. Is- We're bored. Are they? If they're still laughing? Yeah, no, it's the, there's no dynamics. But, but most but, comedians are terrible. Okay. They should listen to me. Okay, I I, I will hear you out. And I and I help him when I can. What is your problem with most comedians? Well, like I just said, their show has no dynamics, and it's not a show based on their knowledge of the audience. It's a show about them. And comedy is not therapy, just because it's a Wait truth. a minute. But if you're talking about a show about them, if, some, if you're saying that a person that talks about themselves on stage is not a comedian, then you're dismissing a, a great many great comics. Yeah. You're, yeah, so yeah, you, so you did it wrong. No, they didn't do it wrong. Okay, you walk into a doctor's office and he talks about his problems instead of. Well, that's one- an old joke. If a comedian talks about himself and that is funny, if a comedian is a storyteller, that, see by your by your rubric, you're dismissing. He you know, can't people. work a state fair. Who the fuck wants to work a state fair necessarily? Oh, everybody. Really? Yeah. So in order to work a state fair, you have to take the Gallagher class. You have to work faster and more general. There are families out there, and they're not interested in your long, subtle stories. Okay, that's fine. That's the state fair circuit. But the comedy club circuit, the cabaret circuit, can indulge a different... Why can't you just see it as all being part of show business? Why are because you Because there's no show involved. What? They're a bunch of Pete? slovenly... Uh, they hunch over. They turn their back on the audience. They take a that's drink their style. of water. There's a, it's show business. Why are you drawing lines? Why are you taking the other side of everything I say? I'm not. I'm just saying you that are. I'm almost, I, Why did you want me to do this interview if you don't think I know anything about what you're asking me I'm, about? I'm just telling you. I'm done. You're done? I'm done. You're just arguing. It's, it's, uh, it's Howard Stern and... I'm not. I was just having a conversation. No, you're not. I have more respect for comedy. You're trying to be controversial. I am not. Yes, you are. You're just arguing with me. I have 30 years of experience. Well, then tell me about comedy. I I just think that show business is show business. Well, then just why don't you do the interview and tell people your opinion? We were having a good conversation. uh, Oh, come on, Gallagher. All right. Well, that didn't, well, maybe it really went well. I don't know. I'm certainly not going to chase after him. So that was that. That was it. That was what happened with Gallagher and myself. And even listening to it for a third time now, what is to be brought away from this? Other than this is where a career in comedy can end up. A career in anything can end up. God knows there's plenty of people out there that are experiencing frustration because they've reached a certain age and they don't feel like they're useful anymore. There's anger there. Other than that, you make your own 
decisions about what you heard. You definitely see who he is. So, rest in peace, Gallagher. And, uh, ah, come on, Gallagher. Come on. Um, I'm, I'm really glad that this conversation exists because it's, uh, it's unique and I imagine he'll be missed by some people, but I hope this makes people remember him fondly or not. And, uh, Godspeed, Gallagher. Don't forget your hammer. Hammer.